Welcome to the Big Book Roundtable and the RICO 12 family of recovery resources targeted at people from all backgrounds, faiths, and places dealing with addictions of all varieties. RICO 12 is also a, re- a resource for the loved ones of addicts. I'm Justin B., a child of an all-powerful and all-loving God and an addict in multiple uh, multiple fellowships. And I'm living a miraculous recovery. What a miracle that is. Um, and I'm blessed to be the moderator of this roundtable. I'm joined today by David G., Nikki M., and Ashley S., and we're excited to be here today to read and swim through the big book with you. So everybody get out your big books as we introduce ourselves here. Ashley, why don't you start us off, give us, uh, introduce yourself, and then the question I have for you on this one is, if you could have one new skill instantly, if it was like gifted to you right now, what would that skill be? What would you choose? Thank you, Justin. I'm so glad to be here with y'all tonight. Um, I'm Ashley S. from North Carolina, recovered sex addict and codependent, grateful member of All Addicts Anonymous and Al-Anon. Um, and one new skill I wish I could have. I know nothing about this whatsoever, so I need somebody to teach me, but it's gardening, landscaping. I have a new home. I know nothing about taking care of the outside of my home, so I really need a through osmosis, someone to give me that gift. Love it. Thanks, Ashley. I'd I'd love to uh at least mow your lawn once it's set up. That's one of my my things that I love to do is mow lawns. All right. Um, David, introduce yourself and tell us one skill that you would love to have gifted on you instantly. All right. Thank you, Justin, as always, for your service. Ashley, Nikki, so good to see you, ladies. Uh David G, I'm an alcoholic and an addict of many sorts from Oklahoma. Uh, grateful for recovery date of August 8th, 1994. And I, I think if there's any one skill that I could have just put on me instantly, it'd be a whole lot better technology. Ashley's phone wouldn't blow up near as much and things would be a whole lot better all around. So that would be it for me. Thank you, bro. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one too. Thanks, David. Nikki, you're up next to introduce yourself and with the same question. Hi, I'm Nikki M and I'm a grateful member of so many fellowships and I'm just excited always to be here with my, I like to say my little God squad, my chosen family. So, I mean, of course, David and Ashley, I'm going to say, of course, both of those. Why? I know I'm not supposed to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations or the world's troubles, but I want to learn how to farm and grow my own real food. Okay. Like I just want to say that because I don't know what's going on in the, in, in my grocery stores lately. Number one, the price. But the the taste of it, when I go to Europe, I mean, a tomato melts in your mouth. So if I had an instant quality or skill that I could grow beautiful, fresh, organic food right in my yard here in downtown Toronto, I mean, talk about more miracles. Thanks for asking, Justin. Love it. And I appreciate that, Nikki. All good stuff. You know, my skill that I would want to have, that I would choose to have, would be to be able to speak and understand foreign languages, any of them at any time. Uh, I think that would be super cool and helpful. Good. All right. Well, happy you're all here. So grateful to do this again. I love gathering around this virtual table with you three and and jumping into the big book. Today, we're going to dive into our big books, and we're going to continue reading from the forward to the second edition, uh, starting on page uh, XVII, Roman numeral 17, starting at the paragraph that begins with, it was now time, and we will be reading through page XVIII, Roman numeral 18, uh, ending at the paragraph that ends with, it had become a national institution. So everybody get your big books out, pen, paper, pencil, Highlighter, let's get into this. All right, here we go. 
It was now time. The struggling groups thought to place their message and unique experience before the world. This determination bore fruit in the spring of 1939 by the publication of this volume. The membership had then reached about 100 men and women. The fledgling society, which had been nameless, now began to be called Alcoholics Anonymous from the title of its own book. The Flying Blind Period ended, and the AA entered and AA entered into a new phase of its pioneering time. With the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdick, the noted clergyman, reviewed it with approval. In the fall of 1939, Fulton Arsler, then editor of Liberty, printed a piece in his magazine called Alcoholics and God. This brought a rush of 800 frantic inquiries into the little New York office, which meanwhile had been established. Each inquiry was painstakingly answered. Pamphlets and books were sent out. Businessmen traveling out of existing groups were referred to these prospective newcomers. New groups started up, and it was found to the astonishment of everyone that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth. By the end of 1939, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. In the spring of 1940, Dr. Dr. In the spring of 1940, John D. Rockefeller Jr. gave a dinner for many of his friends to which he invited AA members to tell their stories. News of this got on the world wires. Inquiries poured in again, and many people went to the bookstores to get the book Alcoholics Anonymous. By March 1941, the membership had shot up to 2,000. Then Jack Alexander wrote a feature article in the Saturday Evening Post and placed such a compelling picture of AA before the general public that alcoholics in need of help really deluged us. By the close of 1941, AA numbered 8,000 members. The mushrooming process was in full swing. AA had become a national institution. So in these paragraphs, we're just really hitting on growth, exposure, getting in the public eye, and really, I mean, it's it, it, they label it the, the pioneering period of, of AA. And I can only imagine what that would have looked like. How, how cool would that, would that have been? So let's jump into our, each of our experience, strength, and hope based on what we read here. Ashley, why don't we start with you today? Please um, jump in. Tell us a little bit of your takeaways from what we read in those paragraphs and your experience, strength, and hope on that. Thank you, Justin. Um, there's a little bit of history here that I want to touch on, and I know I'm sitting across the virtual table from <laughs> the king of AA history, so he can help me out here. Um, but I was told that um, originally Bob, or yeah, Dr. Bob and uh, Bill wanted to create hospitals, but they didn't have any money. Um, so that's kind of, you know, how things got started the way they were today. And also with um, John D. Rockefeller that I was told with that dinner, this was originally um, the tradition, the seventh tradition was started because of this, because he wouldn't give money. So just a couple of interesting history um, tidbits there. But the one thing that really caught my eye was in that first sentence that we read that it was now time the struggling groups thought to place their message and unique experience before the world. So that's what I should be carrying when I'm working with another alcoholic, the message that's from the book, but also more importantly, my unique experience. And it reminds me of what's on page 89, that because of our own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So that's really what I want to focus on. I don't want to take away from the book. I don't want to add to it. I just want to share what's my experience been 
and how I've worked the steps through the book. Um, and the other thing that jumps out to me is on the next page where it says, you know, it talks about how in 1939, there's 800 alcoholics that are on their way to recovery. But by March 1941, the membership had shot up to 2000. And I think as we discussed in one of the previous episodes, where we're looking at the growth of the fellowship, um, there's really two powers here that's enabling such growth. One is the power of God. And again, the other power is one addict taking the time to carry the message to another. So those are the things that jump out to me uh, in this reading. Thank you. Thanks, Ashley. I appreciate those insights. David, tell us a little bit of your thoughts on either the history of this or some of the things that really uh, affect you as you read through this. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ashley, for your share. You know, at the bottom of page, and I'm not real good with my Roman numerals, but I think that's Roman numeral 17, where you started there at the very bottom. These are key words right here. We're never going to take away from God ever. But with the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. Now, the fellowship had been here for a little while by this time. But it was the appearance of the new book that made all these happenings. Now, once this hit media as it was in those days. You know, I mean, look at the man God put there, Fulton Ars, however you say his name there, where he printed the piece, Alcoholics and God. That brought a rush of 800 in. Uh, Books were sent out, businessmen traveling. But as you move on down, you really start seeing how the hand of God moves through the book. And it says, new groups started up. It was found to the astonishment of everyone that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of the mouth. By the end of 39, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. This is because of the results of the book. And then Rockefeller holds this dinner. And there's been a lot of history. And you'll hear a lot of hearsay. Oh, he wouldn't give Bill any money. I can guarantee you through the history I've read, he got in his pocket many times for Bill Wilson. Many times he supported Alcoholics Anonymous. And as a result of that, by the end of 41, I mean, we're talking by the end of the year, the membership has shot up to 2,000 because of the appearance of the book. Well, Jack Alexander comes in on it. And if you read the history of Jack Alexander, he didn't really want anything to do. He came really to prove Alcoholics Anonymous wrong. This isn't going to work, and here's why. Well, everything that he kept uncovering showed that it did work. So he ended up, you know, writing a feature article in the Saturday Evening Post, and it placed such a compelling story of AA before the general public that alcoholics in need of help, that should be a question mark. Am I that one of those guys that's talking about here? But by the close of 41, it went from 2,000 to 8,000. That's 6,000 new members. And the mushrooming process is in full swing, and that's all because of the results of the book Alcoholics Anonymous, which on the prior page we read with the, with the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. So God didn't only use the, the men and women of that day where he really grabbed the world was with this book. Uh, man, since that time, I don't know how many people I've known in 29 years that have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body, prison. I mean, I, I've had people on, on death row that, I, that I've taken through. I mean, it's just been unbelievable to watch people recover here. So good stuff, Justin. Thank you so much for reading for us today. 
Yeah. And thanks for sharing some of that history there, David and, and Ashley. Thanks for that. That's I find it fascinating to hear some of the history behind the story. It's it's good stuff. Nikki, tell us a little bit about your experience, strength, and hope in, in what we read here today. Well, since my two friends just gave such great history, I'm going to just go into my experience, strength, and hope, which is this all happened for me. Justin, you know, because you recorded me and a podcast, oh gosh, when we first met during COVID a few years ago called God Will Show You How to Create the Fellowship You Crave. So this all happened for me with the appearance of a new book. Well, hey, you guys, we've got a new podcast, a great deal. I want to just warning, a great deal is going to happen for the four of us because we're here. So this is all true. These are all facts. That's that's number one for me. This happened. This happened called an addict and God, all things are possible. And I had a formula, like, thank God I had a book. And as you know, I work in a uh, condensed version of the big book, a workbook, and I just rinse and repeat it. Exact. It's all big book. It's just a condensed version for lazy people like me. And um, this is what happened to me. My membership, I'll never forget. So you want some experience, strength, and hope. Uh, I was coming home and I had just started a Wednesday night big book SLAA meeting because my home group wouldn't let me use the big book. So I'm like, okay, resentment, let me start my own meeting. And, and we had been going and going and I had this vacation in Europe with um, my with my boyfriend and I came home. And of course, it's just the beginning of this meeting. It's a winter night. No one's there to chair. You know, this is this is hard work and labor. And I had to go from the airport, Justin, with my suitcase, Ashley, and sit in that meeting with six people on a snowy winter night. And it was worth it because almost how many years later, you know, we've got 4,000 people in our little online uh, group. And now I have a whole new venture with Noodle It Out with Nikki and all this. So these promises, mushrooming process, line out vision for you. AA members tell their stories. That's what I do. You know, I'm armed with the facts about myself in this book. And, and these things are, this is a magic book. If you don't believe it, well, I, you know, my, my little thing, why are you here? If you don't believe what's happening, you don't believe these miracles can happen for you. I'm telling you, this happened not in, what was it, 1940, 41. This happened in uh, 2023 for Nikki M. Thank you, guys. I love the relating of, the, of, of these ancient men uh, from the 1930s and 40s stuff into today. I, I love how it can apply to me today. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Good. Thank you each for sharing your experience, strength, and hope on that. I've, I've taken a couple of questions down for one for each of you as, as you've shared that, uh, that came to me as you were, as you were making those shares. So let's start with Ashley. Ashley, you know, you talked about my message, my unique experience, the first person reading this book in the first person, maybe sharing in the first person and sharing your experience, strength, and hope with others, the newcomers in the first person. Why is that so powerful to say this happened to me rather than, oh, this happened to these guys back then, or this happened to my sponsor and his people that he knows? Why is the first person so important? Thank you, Justin. That's a great question. Um, it's so important because if I can't identify with myself in these pages, then, I mean, what's, what's the point of me reading this? I, I need to be able to see that, you know, Bill, all the others that they give, you know, Jim, the, the jaywalker, if I can't see myself in those examples um, and apply it to myself, then um, it, yeah, it doesn't really make a big difference for me. But if I can hear, you know, the experience from my sponsor, from others in the fellowships, 
how they took the principles that are in this book, applied it to their lives, then I can absolutely do the same and, and help others through that. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, that, that, that makes it so much powerful to me too. When I hear people, you know, if they're preaching at me, my ears turn off. If they're sharing their experience, I can tune in a lot better. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, David, you know, you talked a little bit about uh, Jack Alexander and what was seemingly his motivation of doing that, initially doing that piece in the Sunday Evening Post and how he, you know, his mind, his heart changed as he got to know things. And that that took me to a phrase from the doctor's opinion that those, though perhaps he came to scoff, he may remain to pray. Tell me a little bit about why, or maybe your experience in your own life doing that or seeing others come into the rooms, you know, skeptical and then having their hearts changed. Have you had those types of experiences? Yes, sir. And probably too many to count. Um, you know, we're self-centered people. And when we come here, it's all about us. And, and if, you know, I don't get instant gratification pretty quick the way I did when I drank whiskey or whenever I, I fell into the temptations of lust or whatever, then, you know, it just really doesn't work for me. So I kind of scoff. I can remember the first time that a man told me, you know, we're going to read this book. And when it says pause, we're going to pause. And when it says pray, we're going to pray. And when it says write, we're going to write. And I just kind of scoffed at that. And uh, I tell you, the first time that we went through the process and we got to the third step and, and you know, he said, the part where it says that we take the spiritual step with an understanding person, he said, do you see an S on the end of person? And I said, well, no. And he said, well, we're not going to invite any other people. It's just going to be you and I. And I can tell you what, it, it made a believer of me that day whenever it came to prayer. Uh, I was hesitant to do it. In fact, I didn't do it. I come back a week later, so mentally beat up. I was more than willing to do it. So, you know, I scoffed at this at this program for a long time, or I should say the fellowship. I came in, I would watch people's behavior around the fellowship, and I thought that's what the program was. It wasn't until I met a man who knew the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous that he sat down and less than an hour convinced me that there was a difference between the fellowship and the program. The program was outlined in the book. And once I did the work, it's outlined there. You know, I went from a scoffer to a prayer. And uh, so... I've had many people do that, for example, over the years. <clears throat> you know, I don't really care so much about that as long as they do the work. The only thing that will ever will ever cause me to disengage from that relationship with them if they start stop doing what's asked to be done here in the big book about scoff all you want, but when it's time to pray, get ready. We're gonna pray. So thank you. Love it. Thank you, David. That was that was powerful. I appreciate that. Nikki, the question that came to mind is, as as you shared, was one that you and I have talked about before. And you mentioned, you know, creating the fellowship you crave. You know, when I think about that, and I'm going to go to the first person, creating the fellowship I crave, I can look at, you know, what what would that look like? And and honestly, I'm looking around this round table right here, and this is what the fellowship I crave looks like. Nikki, what are some of the the aspects of the fellowship you crave that could be uh, shared, uh, put out there so that it attracts people that want to work, you know, want to be with you and want to connect with God. What does that look like to you? Okay. Well, you know, when I, when I made that a while ago, um, the speaker tape, I should say about how to create the fellowship we crave, you know, at the time that was, but God says, 
more will be revealed. So does the big book. It says it at the very, you know, on the 164th page, more will be revealed. And um, my fellowship I crave constantly changes because I'm changing. Remember, improve conscious contact. It's definitely what, what David said. It's like, you can scoff all you want, but what does the book say? Why are your lips moving? What does the book say? And so, you know, Justin, you know, we started this podcast off with uh, wish. You said you want to speak another language. Well, you know, my boyfriend speaks seven languages and English is his worst. And I have made a commitment to learn to my future mother-in-law some French. And I'm only studying the big book. I only speak big book. So that's the fellowship I crave. If it's not in the book, why are your lips moving is what I like to say to my sponsees. And so uh, more is being revealed. I used to think it was a big thing. I used to need, you know, all this stuff. I'm realizing, like you just said, the four of us, I'm cool with that too. Uh, I just keep changing and growing. And, and God shows me what I think I know today is not what I thought I needed yesterday. So it's just, it just, it's just so exciting. This program is like a box of chocolates. You do not know what you're going to get. Stay with us. Love it. And the phrase that came to mind from that, that I hear in many of the rooms, don't, don't leave before the miracle happens. Stick around. Miracles are going to happen. More will be revealed. Um, awesome. Thank you all. This was, this was really um, insightful. I'm going to now move into some wrap up here. Um, I want each of us to share a little bit about what our takeaway is, what we will take from this and, and apply in our lives, apply in uh, the, the work we do with our fellows. So Ashley, what's something from what we've discussed today that you, that's really hit you that, that you say, Hey, I can take this away today. Thank you, Justin, David, and Nikki. Great to be here with you tonight on this podcast. Um, I think for me, a couple of things that jumped out was just, I'm so grateful for the mushrooming process that I've seen even within my own lineage. We have literally gone from like five to 10 overnight. <laughs> it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. And I know that that's going to continue. Um, I remember the agreement that my sponsor and I had the very first day that we ever started working together is that you know, when I help you get through this book, this process, that you will take it, someone else through it the same exact way that I took you. Um, and so, you know, to me, it just shows from 1939 uh, to 2023. I mean, this book has not changed for a reason. And so um, I need to honor that and those that have been before me and do likewise strenuous work with another alcoholic. Thank you. And thank you, Ashley. Thank you for carrying the message the way you do. All right, David, what's your takeaway? How how will you apply some of these things into your life today? Well, my biggest takeaway from any of these forwards is always what we read here today, the results of the book, the results of the book, the book, the book, the book. You know, uh, I've never failed in all of these years to continue to get results from the book as long as I give myself to the work that's outlined in the book. It brings me closer to God. It brings me closer to you. It brings me closer to me. And it never fails. Uh, I, I'm not saying that I don't ever have trouble again, uh, you know, because that, that's unrealistic. But today I got eyes on it. I got eyes on self for sure. So the biggest takeaway for, for the, me with this is like these ladies have said over and over, you know, continue to do this work, work with others, help others, do what's in the book. Uh, the last podcast, my friend uh, Nikki had mentioned more than once about uh, 
it, it had talked about, you know, uh, the failures, some, some people that had failed. And I can remember Charlie telling me early on, he said, David, we need to give just as much credit to those who failed as we do those who succeeded. Because had it been not for them, how the hell would we know what not to do today? So I'm going to take that with me as, as I go from here today. If I want to be successful in this program, and page 25 says, you know, that, that there's a process here, uh, and steps four and five is, are a very big part of that. But I've got 25 pages before that. I better not turn my eyes away from because if I do, yeah, a lot of trouble are going to come. So anyway, thank you, Justin, as always. And uh, I'm really glad to be here with you guys. Thank you. Thanks, David. Good, good takeaway. Nikki, what's your takeaway today? I'm just in gratitude. I'm, I'm realizing, you know, I'm, I'm a woman who knew everything and I'm here to say, I know nothing. That's a miracle. Cause don't you know who I am? And so I'm realizing there is so much for me to learn, but as I'm reflecting, it's like, there's so much ahead for us. I am like on fire and excited because I know the projects we have going here. I know what we've just started. Like we launched this podcast, the Noodle Podcast. We've got other things happening. I know Ashley and David have their tradition workshops. I mean, all these things that they do, all these projects going. So I'm just like, ah, oh, we better buckle in. I mean, where's my invisible seatbelt? Boom, boom. I'm locking it up because I'm on a roller coaster ride and not of pain and suffering, of excitement freedom, joy, love. Like, I love you guys. So I, I don't know. I'm just here all happy. Happy land. Thank you. Awesome. As we buckle in, put our hands in the air. It's more fun that way, guys. Good stuff. I love the adventure. You know, my takeaway from this is the, uh, it was mentioned earlier that, you know, in, in addiction, instant gratification happens. Boom. Um, in recovery, it's not as it's not the snap of the finger. It's a it's a slow burn, but it's a lasting burn. It's a burn that's real and not just a flash in the pan. And that's my my takeaway is patience. Um, and with me, patience has always meant I'm going to sit back and relax. That's not what patience is for me anymore. Patience is I'm going to keep moving forward, not expecting the result to happen right now, not expecting what I want to happen right now, and trusting in the process. And that's my takeaway today. Thank you all for being here. Really appreciate it. And thanks all for who are listening and who have joined us in this. To learn more about RICO 12 and what we're doing and how you can support these projects, go to RICO12.com. To learn more about the, the traditions workshop that was mentioned there or the other podcast that Nikki mentioned, uh, please check the links in the show notes of this podcast and, and then get into the work and experience the miracles of recovery that, that are happening in these, in these fellowships and the fellowships we crave. Join us in this fellowship we crave. Uh, come trudge this happy and amazing and adventurous road of happy destiny with us. Work it. You are worth it. 